and welcome back to another Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. I'm your host, Daniel. Today, Burmo is still out sick. Um, and with me is Lockie. Mate, uh, how'd you go this round? Mate, a uh, little little ordinary on the fantasy front, but um, yeah, lucky the Raiders did really well for me on the weekends. I had a great weekend, yeah, that's sick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, yeah, had a, had a similar weekend um, as well. The, the Thursday night was uh, pretty poor. And yeah, carried through the weekend. I was very upset. Yeah, poor one way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's unfortunate. Hopefully, this week uh, treats us a bit more um, nicely. Anyway, for fantasy front, uh, how'd you go? Did you did you get up this week? Moving up the rankings? Yeah. No, I actually lost a few places. <laughs> um, had a bit of a, an ordinary week, as I said. I had only scored in the low nine hundreds. Um, all my. Oops. Pays it shit the better the wrong time of the year, which is nah, that's great. Um, it was a bit of a write-off year anyway. Started from from round one when I forgot to set a captain, so that's all right. Yeah. We play play catch up. Um, no, nah, that's cool. We're just gonna play some risky moves for the last few rounds, and um, yeah, strong run home. Top fifty still in play. Hey. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it is for, for me actually anymore. Yep. Look, I think ever since that last buy round, geez, my team's been going backwards. I think most people are finding it a bit frustrating as well, but, uh, at least we had one player from the round that was, that was a bit of a shining light. Do you want to give us a bit of a review of the round that was? Oh, absolutely. And how can we not talk about the King Tom Trojevic? Absolute weapon. 137 saved a lot of teams and was a lot of people's captains, as, um, we mentioned on our Instagram, Instagram page, which sucks because I didn't captain him, but that's fine. <laughs> of uh, but he's an absolute god at football. Um, so, yeah, good for you if you captained him. Uh, it sucks to you if you didn't have him. Uh, the other players of mention, I thought we would um, just just a special mention to uh, Adam Dewey that we, we talked about as a good yep. pod that you yourself brought in. Very nice there. Latrell Mitchell with a 93 looked very good as well for... Um, for the Souths, even with a quick stint at centre as well. Jordan, pretty Ricky, 97, looked good also. He's still an 8.2% of teams somehow, but that's fine. Shout out to all the people who haven't checked their team since round four and still have him. <laughs> and the surprise pack, Ewan Aiken, playing in the second row, scored a couple of tries for its 93. Yeah, just a quick wrap-up of last week. Otherwise, pretty standard. Yeah, there's a couple of there was a couple of interesting um, scores from some players there, especially a lot of pot options, we'll, which we'll touch on when we get to the team lists. But um, yeah, is there anything else you want to point out from the round that was? I think it's pretty standard. There's a lot of um, kind of well, not a lot of blowout games, but geez, there was some big scores like the the Rabbitohs putting fifty on the Dragons, Parramatta yeah. putting getting twenty eight put on them as well. I, hate to I say think it. injuries are going to be the big uh, the big talking point from here on in. Is uh, those big players coming back and copping injuries. Ben Hunt, for example, out for four weeks with a broken arm uh, and stuff like that. So that's just going to... going to And Hughes Pace getting well. rested as well. Yeah, Jerome Hughes um, only played, what, 60-odd minutes. He uh, had a calf complaint or something, some lower leg injury that he went off. KP getting rested for the last 10. Um, you know, these sort of things are just things that we're going to have to live with. I guess Turbo could have gone for... I reckon he could have scored 200 the way he was playing. <laughs> yeah, they rested him for the last 15-odd minutes, which is uh, not a detriment to his score, but uh, yeah, definitely put it back a little bit. Um, yeah, but yeah. My, my team could have used those extra 80 points that he was going to score in those 10 minutes, I reckon. So. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's going to be the it's going to be the tale of most teams, I think, running into the finals series, especially for those top four, top eight Oh, maybe not top eight, top four teams, definitely. You know, they're going to start resting those players. That's why, even though Cleary's been named, 
in the extended bench this week, he could still get rested coming into finals. Same with Jerome Hughes. Same with all those big players, really, when they're already secured in the finals. Who knows what the teams are going to look like in the next few rounds. But let's get straight into it for round 21, starting with the Knights taking on the Broncos on Thursday night on the Sunshine Coast. For the Knights, Mitch Pierce has returned to the halves, uh, taking the place of Phoenix Crossland, who's dropped out of the side. Jaden Braley is also being rested after his head knock this week, and Chris Randall's taking his spot at the number nine jersey. Connor Watson's again been named at lock, but who knows what's going to happen. Suasa Sue's on the bench looming and will probably get another start this week. Um, for the Broncos, Katoni um, Staggs is out with an MCL injury again. Again, more knee injuries for Katoni, which is very much a shame. He's been such a good player for the Broncos when he has been on the field. Um, and his place is taken by Jesse Arthurs in the centres, while Denny Levy, uh, Levi, I know you're going to give me shit for saying that, uh, moves into the starting side to replace Jake Turpin at hooker. And TC Rabadi is the new face on the bench. How do you see this one going, Moon? It should be a decent uh, game between these two sides. Firstly, I'm proud of you for catching yourself out there on the, the Levi chat. <laughs> um, but let's look at this Broncos team. Hugh, big sad with Katoni Staggs out for the season. Just want to see him play a season of footy because far out he's looking good when he uh, when he finds his stride. Scored a couple of tries last weekend and yeah, it was looking like it's such a good point of difference center option. But, you know, just not meant to be, unfortunately. For the Broncos outfit, though, Payne Haas, oh, he didn't really... He, yeah, he got 59, very handy. Didn't back up his ton, which I was kind of hoping a lot of teams seemed to... I captained him as well, like yourself. So not the big score we're hoping for, but that's all right. Otherwise, Jordan Ricky, I get... Oh, no, I'm not even going to talk about Jordan Ricky. Good for him last weekend. Looked good. Probably isn't going to be anywhere near the caliber of play that we still want him to be. I don't know. I think we should talk about Jordan Ricky here, to be honest. Right. His last, right. his average in the last three games is 77, including two tries, yes. But even in the game that he didn't score a try, he still scored 59 points against the, against the Panthers, um, making, you know, around the mid-40 tackles a game, around 100 metres. He honestly looks like a genuine pod option for the Broncos. He's played the whole game and he's actually getting more ball. So he's taken the place of kind of um, TPJ. Well, I feel like he's um they've got a halves pairing that's kind of kind of working. They've got some spark about them. I really like Tyson Gamble and he seems to be putting him through holes all day. So uh, yeah, it's just it's good to see him playing well. He looks confident as well. Um I love seeing up and about he's got a big smile on his face all the time. So yeah, love that from him and the rest of the Broncos team. I like it when they're playing good footy, as much as I don't like seeing them win. It is good to see them play good footy because they just they look shit house in the mid season. So <laughs> And speaking yeah. of uh, speaking of Gamble, he's also got a three-round average in the 60s, coming off the back of a 97 with a try against the Cows. So also another pot if you've got him. Um, I don't yeah. I don't have him. I don't think you have him either. I don't think we went Gamble. I had him mid-season. Then he copped an injury or he got dropped for Albert Kelly or something on those lines. And I had to sell him because I needed a starting team. And now he's coming good at the back end of the year. So, yeah, that's great. I think I think Burma still owns him, though. So, <sighs> lucky hold. <laughs> yeah, he, he honestly does look like a decent pod. I mean, he's scoring in the 50s uh, with Brody Croft in the side. He seems to be doing a lot of the, the playmaking and actually getting the being on the end of the, the fifth play option, which it means he's getting a few try assists, which is mm. really helping his scoring. And he seems to be, you know, being pretty consistent. Um, but obviously, he does have those games, even though it hasn't been recently, where he normally gets around the 20s so who knows what's going to happen 
um, towards the back end of the year. But for for now, he looks like he's in a bit of form and seems like a decent yeah. pod. Yeah, yeah, would don't mind it. Yeah, maybe some better options to to go. Yeah, I mean, most pods at this time of the year are going to be very, very risky. They're either going to get you good scores and... Make or break. Yeah, they're going to get you 80s, 70s, 80s. Otherwise, they're going to get you 20s, which there's plenty of players this week that we can talk about that that could happen with. To preface preface this pod chat, at what what rank are you looking at picking up pods? So for me, a point in difference is you want to pick up a player to jump big ranking. So me at 5,000, I need some pods to jump into that for some miracle to get to that top thousand, for example. If you're in the top, let's say, let's say yourself, you're in the top thousand, the back end of the top thousand, but you want to jump into the, the top 500. Are you picking up pods or, you know, with the risk that that pod will fail and drop you out of the top thousand, maybe push you back a couple of thousand places just because one player, instead of getting a, getting a 90, got a three. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. But I think because the the problem is that if you don't have the big players, like if you don't have your Jerome Hughes, you don't have your DCE, you don't have Turbo, you know, all those big guns, if you don't have them, you kind of need pods to make up for the scores of those players. Like I couldn't afford with my trades to get DCE in. So I don't have DCE, which means I need a decent pod that's going to score around his points. Same with Jerome Hughes. I don't have either of those two halves. So that's been a real detriment to my side and I'm sitting around the 600 mark. So if I need to get into the top 500, I need to pick a player that's going to be outscoring those two coming into the last four rounds. So I think if you're not in the top 100 really at this point in time you need to be picking up pods to make up that gap because that is the only way you're going to make up spots like I thought I did decently I had Josh Jackson this week as a pod I had Adam Dewey as a bit of a pod I had a few players that um did like overperformed when they probably shouldn't have so I did well to go up the rankings this week but if you don't have those pods to you know outscore other teams you're just not going to move which because everyone has the same players at this point of the year right yep absolutely yeah and that's the problem. You gotta you gotta somehow make your way up if everyone's got the same team. Yeah. Yep. Fair chat. Yeah. Um talk me through the knights. Yeah, look, there's not really too much to talk about here from the knights. I think it's pretty much the same as um normal. Mitch Pierce was a, a decent looking pod in the middle of the year, but now that Jake Clifford's come in, he's kind of he's been a bit of in, in control of this team, Clifford. He's looked not too bad. Definitely looked better than he did at the Cows. So that probably will hurt Burmo when he listens to this pod, but uh, very good yep. for the Knights. <laughs> um, KP has been, he came back a bit this week. He got a 59, which is good. Um, hopefully he gets more scores like that in the coming weeks as well, especially for the 8% of teams that picked him up. Uh, Connor Watson, when he lost that lock spot at the start of the game and moved to the bench, he kind of got moved around a bit when he did come on. So didn't kind of get the score or the minutes that he normally gets. So I think I'm hoping that's a one-off that 20 odd that he got on the weekend, but I think he's definitely a hold for this round. I don't think there's too many surprises from this night's team, to be honest. There's probably not a lot you'll want to go to pick up. Maybe if you don't have Ponga yet, he's a decent option to go. He's not in a ton of teams. 8% isn't too bad. Still a bit pod. Potty, if you're looking at that kind of a player or looking for another winger fullback. But yeah, there's not too much here that I would need to go into detail on. But I know you're keen on one of them. Uh, my boy Tyson Brazil. Yeah. Is that the one you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, absolutely. yeah. So just looked at the Knights run home. They have a soft as run home. Uh, I think they've got the Broncos twice, the Sharks, the Bulldogs, and the Titans from memory in not in that order. But Tyson Brazil owned by 3.9% of teams. And when he he's what's he's come back, he's been back for maybe a month. 
now ish. I don't know. It's sort of been an interrupted schedule for him. Yeah. So I don't know. He's he's but he's back, and these teams are known to miss a a few tackles. So I, I think if you get someone like Tyson Rizal lined up against maybe Alex Glenn, who's just a little bit slower, he's they're going to outdo him for pace. And he's going to, oh, I, I just really like him. Really like the look of him. More like watching him play. I think he'll be, he'll come good at the back end of this year. Just, just pods. I'm sort of looking out for at the moment. Some, someone to bring into my team just to stand out from the rest. So I really don't mind, don't mind that at all. Yeah, absolutely. Not a bad shout, especially for Frizzell, yeah. who gets most of his points from, you know, breaking the line and those couple of tackle busts that he gets. So, um, yep. yeah, not bad, especially with that soft run home for the for the Knights. Hopefully snag a few meat pies on the way. Absolutely. Any more from these two teams? No, I think that's about it. I've talked, uh, talked a bit too long on these teams, I reckon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fair enough. So, moving on to the first Friday night game, which sees the Raiders take on the Dragons. For the Raiders, uh, Sebastian Chris failed his HIA last weekend and will miss this match, which sees Matt Tomoko taking his place in the centres. Ryan Sutton is returning from a chest injury at lock, and Hudson Young has actually shifted to the second row to take Corey Harawira and Naira's position, and he moves to the bench with Isaiah Soliola (laughs) (laughs) dropping out of the 17. Uh, The new face on the bench is a debutant in Elijah Anderson. Um, for the Dragons, Ben Hunt has fractured his arm, so he'll miss at least a month um, of game time, and Adam Clune is coming to take his spot in the halves. Jack Bird, Jack DeBellum, Blake Laurie, Zach Lomax, and Josh Maguire all return from their COVID suspensions, which will help boost the Dragons' side. Corey, uh, Corey, Cody Ramsey also makes a return and will partner Lomax in the centres. Uh, Norman is back in at 5'8 from his centres, uh, position which he was in last week, and Jaden Sullivan drops to the reserves. Bird's named at fullback, which will take uh, Tyrell Sloan's spot, so he'll move out of the squad. And that is the team. Yeah, wow. Plenty of changes. <sighs> yeah, yeah. So I'm just looking at this Raiders team and seeing what I can rate Matt Tomoko. We've talked about him every time he's played, you know, all two of them, and he looks he looks good. For fantasy, probably you're not going to bring him in this time of year. I just wanted to point it out just for the Raiders. It's very exciting. I'm very excited anyway. Fantasy-wise, I guess Hudson Young's been pretty good. He played lock last week and scored a 69, I think. Very nice. nice. Uh, in 36 yeah, minutes. Yeah, not long not, either. That is insane. Not long. He scored a pretty good try. Some tack- A lot of tackle breaks in there. Um but if he's going to play those sorts of minutes, when he doesn't get the attacking stats, his scores are not going to be good. So uh, I don't know. It's a trap. It's it's a make or break sort of sort of play there if you're going to think about Hudson Young at all. And the way he plays in his team, they sort of shift him around. With Ryan Sutton back, he's probably not going to play lock Hudson Young. He might, he should. Oh, I see. I don't know what they're going to do here. Elijah Anderson's a winger. They probably. You know, Josh Hodgson going, he'll go to lock on regular and Harry and I are going to have to be the front row rotation. So he'll probably he'll play 80 this week. So that's good to see, I suppose. But, I reckon, I honestly think yeah. uh, CHN will probably come on in the second row. Uh, Hudson Young will move to lock and Ryan Sutton will drop back to the bench or something like that in a rotation. Cause I would have thought Tom, uh, Josh Hodgson would have pushed to lock and Tom Starling to yeah, that hook too. Who knows? Oh, I don't really. know. Who, yeah, honestly. I don't know. I think the way Elliot Whitehead's been playing, I just coming from a Raiders fan, don't I haven't really loved what I've been seeing from him. So I'd be putting Haru and I and Hudson Young as my two second row rowers there. Yeah. So speaking of CHN though, he's probably the most owned player in this Raiders team um, from a fantasy yeah. point of view. What uh, what do you make for make of his scoring this week? 
Um, I'd be looping him if you if you can. If you can play a loop, I he'd be the one that I'd be having out of your team and potentially playing. Oh, depending where the Raiders play. Oh, no, they're playing Friday night. Yeah, Friday. There you go. That's great. So that's how I'd be playing it. If you if you have that luxury, if not, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't sell him purely because with this Raiders team, he could he could just come back in the starting team next week. And when he plays eighty and he's on, he looks the good. So you'd be holding him. You're probably not going to sell him at this time of year. I'd, with trade so scarce, unless you can trade him up to a, a proper weapon. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I reckon he's either a trade up, like you said, or he's just a hold yeah. and don't play him this week just to see how yeah. he goes from the bench. Because obviously he's not going to get 80 minutes, but he can score yeah. big points in a short amount of time. But yeah, who knows? That's the thing. You, you just don't know if that's going to come to fruition for him this week. Agreed. Anyway, for this uh, for this Dragons team, look, there's, there's not much to make of it considering it's changed completely from what we saw last week. Um, obviously, no Ben Hunt. He looks like an absolute sell, uh, especially for four weeks out, and there's only five rounds remaining. Definitely try to upgrade him where you can to a, to a gun. Um, but from this Dragons team, Jack Bird being back is excellent. Start him um, again this week. And Zach Lomax is an interesting one being back. He's not in a lot of teams, Lomax, and could be a potential point of difference with his scoring in recent years, but he hasn't sort of lived up to that potential this year. He's in 5% of teams, but would like to see a bit more from him in the maybe the next week or two to see if he would actually be an option. So um, just keep an eye on him if you have the luxury of trades, that is. Um, but yeah, not much to talk about, I don't think, from this team. Interesting to see how um, JDB goes at lock. See if he can get a big I minute. He plays big minutes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. If he gets a big minute performance out and, you know, a 50, 60 plus score, he could be looking at a, you know, a decent, be a decent pot option for the last, you know, four rounds, especially under 1% ownership. Mm, agreed. Yeah, he's a juicy old pot if he gets like a, a 55, 60 this week from Locke. <laughs> it's the same with this Dragons team, though. You don't know what they're going to do week to week. Yeah. So, I don't know. He went from Locke to prop to. Bench. The bench, yeah, <laughs> insane. So, <who laughs> Don't get that. Yeah, honestly, who knows? Yeah, but otherwise, stick through as dragons. Yeah, let's move on to the uh, last Friday night game, which sees Parramatta take on the Rabbitohs. Um, should be a pretty easy one for Parramatta. Um, <laughs> Mitch Moses is back from his back fracture. Uh, in at halfback, which sees Jacob Arthur move out of the squad. Oh, we'll move back to the reserves. Uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard has a groin injury and he's out, so Oregon Kafusi takes his spot in the starting lineup. Murata Niakore is also returning from a knee injury on the bench. And Bryce Cartwright is back on the bench in place of Ray Stone, who moves back to the reserves. Um, Wanga Blake has also been named, but needs to pass um, HIA protocols this week. Uh, for the Rabbitohs, Cam Murray has returned from suspension, um, which sees Jaden Sewer move back to the bench. And... That is all she wrote for the Rabbitohs. Pretty much the same team there. Oh wait, sorry, no. Benji Marshall uh, has moved back onto the into the seventeen on the bench, um, and Tavita Totola is also um, named on the bench. So Blake Taft moves off the bench there as well. Moon, I think you're you're in the same thinking as me, Parramatta, pretty comfortably. Yeah, that's what I was thinking by roughly fifty points. Yeah, so was, pretty, you know, in my head, close but... to yeah. I'll let you talk about your boys from the Bunnies. Wow, there's a lot of people here that I really like fantasy-wise. Just going to reel them off here. For obvious reasons, Latrell Mitchell, Dan Gagai, weapons. Dan Gagai looks, hasn't really been in his stride the last few weeks, but he's still scoring 40s for fun. So 
and not really scoring tries. So that's that's a yeah. big plus for him. Didn't play 80 on the weekend either. He just looked like he was running out of gas a little bit. Been um been a bit cooked through Origin. He played. He hasn't really missed a game for you know. He's been backing up from Origin, so yep. that was expected. Should be back to playing his best this weekend, especially with Taff off the bench and Benji coming on. Can't see Latrell moving around. He should play 80 at fullback. Cody Walker's been elite. Uh, I called. You I called a few weeks ago. You did call yeah. it. Yeah, he's been a proper weapon. So yeah, don't mind that. He he'd be a bit potty as well. Very potty. Um, very yeah. very potty. <laughs> Damien Cook sort of came back down to earth. He only scored only a fifty, I guess. But I'm still expecting sixties from him for for me to pick him up. Cameron Murray as well, weapon. Uh, yeah, lots a lot of guns in that team, but. No point in going anything more into those blokes. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know what they're you're going to get. They're all good pickups. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, I think we've pretty much touched on every single person in this Raiders team at some point during the year, and basically the same messaging applies, I think, towards the back end of the year. But like we've yep. been saying for the last week or two, they've got a very soft run home. So um, a lot of those attacking players like your Latrells, your Gagai's, um, even you know Damien Cook and Cam Murray, who are dominant through the middle when they've got a bit of broken play. Um, yeah, look the goods for the for the run home. Um yeah. for Parramatta had a had a very uh rough old time the last couple of weeks. Um but hopefully hopefully Moses changes that this week being back in the squad. The attack has been pretty lackluster so Moses has probably got the word from Je- um from Brad Arthur that he needs to kind of step up here and steer the squad around so hoping for a big score from Mitch Moses for those who held on to him. Um but yeah, if you've still got Moses he's definitely not a sell at all unless he gets you know, injured or anything happens this game, so he's probably going to be a hold for the for the run home if you've still got him. Anyone? You else? can't say it. I'm furiously touching wood that that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, so for anyone else in this squad, Gutherson's been a bit potty. He he got a sixty odd last week, and he's been kind of up and down in his scores. You know, between his um, 60s and 70s, he's scoring around the mid-30s, so he's very up and down, but uh, hoping... Um, Parramatta actually has a rough run home. They've got the Storm. Um, I think they've got Penrith and Manly after this game. Yeah. I'm not in that order, but I'm pretty sure they're um, all... Yeah, Bunnies, Manly, Cowboys, Storm, Panthers. Yeah, so it's going to be a pretty old, pretty rough one for the, for the Parramatta team, so I think if you've got any players from this team, you've got to hope that you've got um, the big tacklers like your Mahoney's and your Papali'i's, your Maddo's. Those kind of players will probably get better scores than your playmakers like Moses and Gutherson. But um, if you've got them now, I don't think they're trades, especially with your probably the amount of trades most people have. You're just going to have to hold them and ride them out for the rest of the year and hope Parramatta hit a bit of form. But uh, yeah, I don't think there's much more to say on this team. If you've got some of these, like there's some big scorers in this Parramatta team, but in terms of the scorers that get their points from attacking stats, it's going to be a bit rough for them for the run home, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it could be a tough old end of the year for Parramatta, but that's all right. We'll see how we go. Fingers crossed. Yeah, heartbreaking talking about it, but uh, that's the reality. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. At least you're in the top eight. Yeah, thank God. That's that's secure. Uh, Yeah, let's move on. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to the (laughs) Saturday games, and we have the Warriors taking on the Sharks first up in Brisbane. For the Warriors, uh, Chanel Harris-Tavita returns from his pec injury in the um, halves and Peter Hicku shifts to his favoured centre position and Adam Pompey drops out of the squad. Fanua Blake and Matt Lodge are back in the front row, so Tanoa Brown returns to the reserves and Murdoch Masilla is also out with a foot injury. 
Uh, Josh Curran also re- returns so uh, to the to the to the team. So Elias Katoa goes back to the bench. Jazz Tavanga has been moved into the starting team at hooker, and Teniela Otokolo has been sidelined with a knee injury and actually looked pretty good for the Warriors as well. For the Sharks, Jesse Raymond returns from his ear infection, which he was ruled out for the Sharks on Monday night. Uh, Talakai goes back to the second row. Williams goes to lock. Rudolph goes to prop, and Tolman goes back to the bench. Luke Metcalf drops off the bench after making his debut against Manly last week. And Matt Moylan has been main, named amongst the reserves and will need to pass a late fitness test to possibly come into this squad before their game. Uh, Moon, talk us through it. Kind of looking at who I really want to talk about from these two teams. Yeah, there's uh, not too much, <laughs> is there? Um... No, I think it could be three players, I reckon, from these two teams. So I'm going to talk about... Uh, the Warriors, because there's two of them on that team. Reese Walsh, obviously, everyone has him, though, so I'm not really going to say anything more. Uh, Adam Fennell Blake, love that I held on to him one week out um, out there. I don't know, who knows what they're going to do with this forward rotation with Ewan Aitken and Josh Curran in the second row. I mean, Bailey Syrian played really well at lock last week, and Ewan Aitken played really well in the second row, so they're both... Probably going to play big minutes. Really hoping they don't stitch up Josh Curran here. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out their rotation. Surely Bunty Afoa and Kane Evans into the front row. Ellie Katoa with Bailey Soon. And, and then, I don't know, Jastavanga played. He played very poor minutes. Yeah. You know, 30-odd minutes, I reckon Jastavanga did. So I, I don't know. don't know what they're going to do here. But this is going to be a really interesting game. Could be a lot of points in it, I think. Yeah, what do you think? Um, you and Aiken, playing in the second row last week, scored a big old 90. Um and if you look at his base stats, he was in the 60s or just a high 50s with his base stats. So what do you reckon? Decent option? Yeah, it was, it was kind of a grinded sort of game. You know, what was the score? That's 16-18, I think, with the Tigers. That shit came to watch if you watched it. But, oh. you know, I think that if if both teams run sort of wild with their scoring and it ends up being something like a, a 30 or 40 points each, uh, I think his base, you'll see his base stats crash down a little bit. So I don't love it. It's it's a high-risk, high-reward sort of play. Could come out and be amazing, score tries for fun, lots of tackle breaks. He could also be very poor and just miss a heap of tackles against bigger bodies. Like, imagine if he's got Taloko running at him. Or Nakora even. Yeah. I'd be shit myself. Yeah, I think <laughs> considering they were playing the Tigers last week, obviously he got is a bit inflated with the the kind of team that he was playing against and the way the game went. But he, he doesn't look a too bad option at the price he's at. But I think because it's at that point of the year where you just need players that are going to score big, I don't know if Ewan Aitken's going to be that player that's going to hit 90s every week. Yeah, I don't think he's a guy. Yeah. Decent option, though. If I mean, if you rate it, go for it. But, uh, yeah, he's a big, big risk, and he needs to stay in that second-row spot. Otherwise, he will go back to scoring 20s in the centre. So, yeah, <laughs> take that risk at your own peril. Yep, yep. And I'll let you talk about uh, – you've got someone in the Sharks team as well that you really want to – you'd like to talk yeah, about. Yeah, very interesting Sharks team. I, I We – there hasn't been much Sharks chat for the year. I think I think the first half of the year, we didn't say a word when we came to the Sharks teams, really. Yeah. Um, and towards the back end, there's been a couple of, you know, Sean Johnson being a particular option, Jesse Ramian as well as the good option. But um, more recently, Braden Trindle um, looks an absolute treat since Johnson's moved out of this team, just because he's the dominant playmaker in the halves and he does all the kicking. Um, he scored a, an 80-odd last week and he 
had 480 kick meters. So if he keeps that trend up, that's 20, 20 to 25 points in kick meters already. And all he needs to do is have a, you know, a, a couple of plays and maybe a try assist here or there, 10, 15 tackles, and he's already got a 50. So he honestly doesn't look like a too bad of an option. And the Sharks run home as well is quite light, um, similar to the Knights run home as well. So Sharks um, and Braden Trindle, and even Jesse Raymond, because he's been a pretty good option as well, could see some good scores towards the back end of the year. Very potty, um, Trindle is, obviously, but he's probably the only one that I would talk about outside of Jesse Raymond, who we already know is a gun in the centres um, in this team. Unless you've got anyone else that you think is particularly nope, interesting? Nope. Yeah, didn't think so. No, I forgot about um, Jesse Ramian just because he stitched me up last week. He didn't play, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's Ramian's an absolute gun. Um, he's probably been yeah. probably the most consistent center when he's played. I think this year, you know, scoring around the high forties, low fifties, pretty regularly. Yeah, he's been up there. Yeah, been very much up there. Absolutely, but no more to be said about that game, I think. Let's move Not on. To, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a better game. The Sunday, uh, Saturday afternoon game sees the Roosters take on the Panthers. Uh, Saturday afternoon and night, looking looking pretty good for some, some quality footy, I think. Um, for the first game, Roosters taking on the Panthers. Uh, for the Roosters, uh, Dal Copley comes in on the wing with Joey Manu shifting to the centres to take place of Josh Morris, who's out with a hamstring injury, which is um, not good news for him. It looks like a long-term one as well. Uh, Jarabria Hargreaves has been named, but needs to uh, win at the judiciary in order to play. So he might be a late out, depending on what happens tomorrow night. He'd just been cleared, actually, oh, 24 tonight? minutes ago. Ah, there yeah. you go. Look at that. Jarabria Hargreaves yeah. will take his spot in the front row. for the, Good timing. <laughs> perfect timing. Um, for the Panthers, Appy Kurosawa and Isaiah Yo return, while Nathan Cleary has been named in the reserves. So it could be some late changes for the for the Panthers with Jerome Luai and Matt Burton at um, in the halves, but who knows what's going to happen closer to Saturday. Stephen Crichton accepted a one-match band, so Paul Momorowski comes in to the centres to replace him, and he'll partner uh, Kurt Capewell with uh, Brent Naden moving to the wing. Yeah, yeah, very yuck. Uh, new recruit TPJ though makes his debut for the Panthers on the bench. Um, and that's all she wrote for this Panthers team. Take us through it. Yeah, look, honestly, well, the first time some huge names into this uh, into this Panthers squad, um, just quietly. But I didn't. The first time I looked at this, I didn't see Kurt Capewell in the centres, and was a little more confident that the Panthers would get up here. But I'm not as confident now. <laughs> I don't know. I think this, this is going to be a ripping game. I think it will. Obviously, yeah. the biggest the biggest talking point for the Panthers here is in that number twenty one jersey of Nathan Cleary. Now. <laughs> Not confident. Last week. Not confident uh, at all. <laughs> not confident. But I think that if he's, you know, pretty good to play, I think the Panthers really need to win this game. They're sitting in tied second. They're second at the moment only on percentage, on points difference. So if they lose, they're going to sit in third. They lose a, a home final if that's a, you know, even a potential in, you know, a month and a bit time. You know, and they obviously play really well at home. So, and they look like they're probably going to play someone like the Bunnies, who you don't really want to be playing anywhere. I think. Um, I tell you what. I don't know. I th- because Parramatta's playing the Bunnies um, on Friday night, they're going to make the decision whether he plays if the Bunnies win um, after that yeah, game. That wouldn't surprise me, honestly. I think that if he's somewhat of a chance, uh, I think he'll play. Honestly, um, but I think yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I think oh, that's I don't know. I, I'm hoping, I'm really into existence here. I really want him to play for draft leagues, for classic, just for a bit of everything here. For fantasy well, in out, general, please. <laughs> outside of outside of Nathan Cleary, because it doesn't revolve around Nathan Cleary. What? Yes, it does. <laughs> um, <laughs> Matt Burton at six, still like it. He's not been as dominant as I would like to have seen him be in the halves. That's okay. Um, TPJ, interesting, very interested, just sort of, 40-wise to see where he slots into this team. I don't think he's going to be as relevant as he was at the Broncos playing 80 minutes on an edge. But, you know, otherwise, Isaiah Yo has been kind of a, a pod playing big minutes on an edge. His minutes started sort of died down after after Origin. He's playing, you know, what, 80 minutes at lock. So I think you'll start to see him go back to those sorts of minutes now. He'll play. I think he played 72 minutes the other week at, at lock before he got, the week before he got knocked out. Yep. So I don't mind him as a pod either. Yeah, that's personally. Fair. I see. Uh, I see TPJ's um, place in this team to be exactly the same as uh, Kickouts, and that is just run at the opposition half on your edge, and that is They're probably a straight job. swap, to be honest. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be like forty forty, basically, in terms of minutes for each of them. Um, maybe yeah. a few more to kick out just because he's been in this team for longer. But yeah, I don't see Sorensen losing too many minutes, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't think he plays eighty. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Who knows? If Cleary comes into this team, I think. Um, Sorensen probably drops out and Capel moves back to the to the second row, most likely. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Because then, it? yeah, you'd see what Cleary comes in at seven, Luai moves to six, Burton moves to the centres, Capel moves to the second row, and Sorensen either moves to the bench or just drops out completely, I'd say. That'd just be super annoying looking at the team like that. Sorensen was pretty good last week, so they might even move into the bench and drop Matt Eisenhuth, who wasn't quite as good last week as you would like to have like to have seen him be. Yeah, Sorensen looks uh looks actually very good and he's quite a good utility. Sneaky try from dummy half if you saw yeah. that. I didn't know he, he played nine in his junior days, apparently. Oh really? I did not know that. Oh, yeah, he was a nine. Yeah, it doesn't look well, like a anyway, nine anymore. <laughs> just some random random tribute yeah, for you. Yeah, there you go. We we always yeah. provide on this pod, providing for <laughs> listeners. Bit of everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um I was just about to say let's move on, but uh completely forgot yeah. about the Roosters team here. Um, let's talk about the Roosters. There's not really too much to talk about, I don't think. Uh, Crichton had a pretty rough game last week, hoping that he improves this week. Didn't really get much in terms of attacking stats, uh, unfortunately, even though he did get 80 minutes. So hoping that changes. Um, Teddy had a pretty good game, scored around a 50. I don't think we'll see much from Dal Copley and the fact that Joey Manu's moved back to the centers is not going to really help his, um, scoring. Um, but the good news is that he kind of does get a bit more involved in the team now, and he's hanging around the middle a bit more. So there might be a bit more involvement from him. But I think, yeah, it's it's a bit hard to judge whether he'll get involved against a, a team like the Panthers. I think you you see him getting more involved against the lower teams where he has a bit more freedom to roam across the field. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what his role will look like uh, against the Panthers here. But yeah, that's really it. Victor Radley kind of came crashing down. Everyone saw him as a bit of a pot option, but he didn't get many minutes this week and only scored a 30. So yeah, he hasn't looked too good, but you know, hoping for a bounce back there if you've picked up him because you can't really sell him at this point. You've just got to hope that he starts performing. Yeah. Yep. Any, yeah, well said. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the Roosters team's a bit hard to pick from. I think the only ones you really want from this team that are absolute guns are Teddy and Crichton. Yeah, potentially Joey Mano, really. I still don't mind that as a as a pickup. He scored a seventy last week from the wing, I think. So Yeah. I think he got yeah, he just kept getting a bit more involved with the play. I think he was given a bit of freedom against Parramatta. We were pretty poor. 
um, to be honest. He's never too far away, yeah. Joey Manu, so, yeah. Anyway, Otherwise, let's move on. Yeah, moving on Another to the uh, last game on the Saturday, which sees Manly take on the Storm in what looks like an absolute cracker of a game with the form these two teams are in. Uh, for Manly, Josh Alloyer returns from suspension and will make his uh, will play his hundredth game in the NRL, which pushes Curtis Sirenham back to the extended bench. Uh, Taniela Paseca has regained his spot in the front row uh, after taking an early guilty pre- plea for a tripping charge. Uh, Sipley returns to the interchange well, and that's it for Manly. Not too many big changes for their team. Uh, for the Storm, Felice Kafusi has entered an early guilty plea and will be out for. The, for a week with his careless high tackle charge. Uh, Chris Lewis has moved from the interchange to take his place with Tom Eisenhuth coming onto the bench. Uh, Nico Hines holds his spot at fullback and Ryan Pappenhausen is still uh, on the bench. And same goes for Brendan Smith, who holds his hooker place and Harry Grant remains on the bench as well. That is pretty much it, I think. Any talking points? Jeez, I'm just looking at the direct matchups here, which are going to be unreal. You know, Nico Hines, Tom Trebojevic, fullback, and Papi when he comes on. Morgan Harper and Justin Olam. Adokar, Ruben Garrick. DC and Jerome Hughes. Oh, my word. You know, Big old game. Even Marty. Just, it's going to be it's huge. This is going to be a huge game. I, I'm, I can't wait to watch this because I think it's going to be ridiculously close. Even Manly might even get up, I think. The Storm haven't really had a whole lot of pressure put on them. You know, we saw the Cowboys a few weeks ago seem to be the closest they've had in a long time. The last two or three months, they've been winning games by 50 points for fun. They've put 50 on teams just every week. And I think that this is really going to be the team that sort of pushes them that next level. Um, and if Manly get onto a little little winning run here, they're going to find themselves in the four if Parramatta don't sort of pick up their game over the next month. I think they have, they have a bit of a softer run home. But look, fantasy-wise, all these people are going to explode. Oh, I don't know. It's hard to tell whether these people are going to go big or not. I think someone like Turbo isn't going to put out a 137 because he's not going to score three tries, have three tries. This he's going to be in and around there and probably score a, you know, maybe a cheeky 50. But I can't see him going absolutely huge. This is sort of the game where these attacking players aren't really going to come off and you know produce big games. Your DCEs and your Jerome Hughes might still be able to if they produce you know just from kick meters and stuff like that. They've got a fair bit of base. So I don't know. I don't really know how to pick this game yeah. uh, fantasy-wise just because it's going to be so close that maybe, you know, it's going to be come down to freak plays. Yeah. If DC comes up with the two clutch line breaks, that's going to project his score up huge. Um, so I, I don't know. It's hard to pick it, honestly, Look, uh, from a since, fantasy perspective. Yeah, since um, the biggest thing is since Trebojevic has been in this Manly team, they for every game that Turbo has been in the Manly squad, they haven't scored under... 30, I believe, or something like that. I think there might have been one game that they scored under 30 with him, but he only played part of the game. But yeah, that is a ridiculous stat, and that means that with Turbo in the squad, they're going to score points. Um, but against a Storm team who's been in a decent amount of form, it's, well, I say a decent amount of form, absolutely crazy form. Um, yeah, it's going to be pretty hard to score points, I'd say. And I, I could see this game being a bit of a grind, I'd imagine, but at the same time, it could be a game where they just score tons of points, both teams. So it's going to be hard to tell which players are going to go big and which ones aren't, but you can't 
like all of the players in both of these teams have the potential to get 70 plus but not all of them can in 80 minutes of football so look it's, watch them <laughs> it's, it's got to be take your pick because all of these players have the potential to score big and not all of them can so we've it's it's so hard to pick but i i'd imagine turbo gets at least a 50 and yeah the rest are who who god knows who who knows what happens yeah. Well, I think the biggest implication this game has is on captains because you've got three genuine captain options, yeah. DCE, Jerome Hughes, and Tom Tomorowick. Would you be comfortable captaining either any of those three? Let's say you own all three of them. Would you be comfortable captaining any oh, of them? Oh, in this game? Not a chance. I don't think I would captain any of those three in this game. It's way too close to call. Some One of yeah. them is going to go big, or maybe two of them will go big, but I don't think you could confidently say... Like Turbo's going to go big or DC is going to go big. Like it's that it's going to be such a close game that you just have no idea. Yeah, I, think, I agree. I think oh, the Storm yeah. maybe have the upper hand just because I know they're a Melbourne-based team, but it's SunCorp. They've played a lot of Origin games there. They seem more comfortable in Brisbane, and they seem more comfortable um, in lockdown, which they are at the moment, than other teams have been, and they've been able to hit form while in lockdown. So yeah. I think the Storm probably have a bit of the upper hand. So I'd be more confident giving you know Hughes. The captaincy, but yeah, it's pretty pretty hard to pick. Yeah, I like it. I think this this Melbourne Storm team, their their defense is just brick wall. So yeah, it's gonna be an it's it is gonna be a grind, yeah. and I can't wait to see it. Without going into too many specifics, fantasy wise, that's the best yeah. analysis I reckon <laughs> I could give. Just because who knows? Yeah, it's gonna be so hard to pick any player from this team to to you know get big get a big score. But what do you think about uh, Pappenhausen and Hines? Their combination are they either of them? Like I know a lot of people are touting Hines to be a sell this week, and I'm kind of on the bandwagon there. I think he's probably a sell just because Pappenhausen's getting taking more and more of his minutes at this point in time. Yeah, look, he is. The thing for me would be cautious of is Jerome Hughes copped a little bit of a lower egg. He's ha- he's been um, nursing this lower leg injury for a few weeks now, so on the odd chance that he's a late out, I think Nico Hines probably goes into the halves. Yep. Um, and a little puppy to full back. In that case, Nico Hines, you can probably hold him for another week. But I think as soon as little puppy plays for 80 minutes of fullback, Nico Hines does not get enough shout. Yeah. Um, starting, I think he goes back to that 14 role or somewhere on the bench. Yeah, I think you're right there. As soon as Pappenhausen gets sight of a, a, a full-time gig yeah. in that team, he's uh, he's on the out. Yeah. So that's sort of how I see it. Uh, so... I uh, I don't know. It's a tough one. If you have the luxury of having 19 players that are genuine options, then I'd put Nico High and sort of loop him if you can. Otherwise, I don't mind him as a sell because he's probably he's not going to play 80 yeah. unless Jerome Hughes is out and it slots into the halves. Yeah, that's the only way he's going to play 80 is if Hughes is out. But uh, yeah, he's looking like he's going to be losing cash nonetheless. So if you need the cash that he's made and you need to make a trade with that cash, I'd make it this week. Um, yeah, I agree. In other news in this Storm team, though, uh, finally something that I've been waiting for in a long time has happened. Uh, Brendan Smith managed a 30 on the weekend. Love to see it. <laughs> Suck eggs, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't picked him up all year because the chat from us has been, nah, don't trust him, don't like it, not getting 80. Um, finally, it's a low score and it's only taken him 20-odd rounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, less said the better, I just... Can't believe it. He's been so good. <laughs> yeah. Um. I guess the fact that none of us have picked him up kind of helps because he's in 22% of teams. So the fact that that happened for 22% of teams and not for us is a bonus. So 
I'll no, take we're stubborn, stubborn blokes have stuffed our guts. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, moving on to the Sunday games, which definitely won't be as good looking as that Saturday afternoon. Um, for, about. <laughs> yeah, for the first game on the Sunday, he sees the Bulldogs taking on the Tigers. So for the Dogs, Kyle Flanagan has been yet again dropped from the team with Bailey Biondi Oddo taking his spot at 5'8", with Jake Avarillo moving to uh, halfback. Uh, fellow rookie Falakiko Manu also returns to the lineup with Ockenbohr missing out. Um, while fullback Nick Meaney and winger Corey Allen swap places. So Allen is um, back on the wing. Uh, for the West Tigers, uh, Moses Embai steps up to take Dane Laurie's place at fullback as he will miss the rest of the season with a fractured leg, which is pretty brutal. Cheekham has been re- promoted to the bench to take Embai's place. James Tamo is back on deck after withdrawing from the clash against the Warriors, forcing Twole back to the bench. Oh, horrendous. Uh, while, so sad. Yeah, while Michaeli also returns at lock with Joe O joining Twole on the bench. Tuki Simpkins has been axed, and the man himself, Zach Sini, has taken his place on the bench. Moon. Oh, Kelma Tuolangi as well has been named on the bench for the Tigers for his debut game. Mooney should be a, a cracking game, I think, for two o'clock on a Sunday. Yeah, I can tell you where I'll be. It's not in front of my TV, I <laughs> <Fair>. think. <laughs> Look, just for quickly, fantasy wise, Jake Cabrillo moving to seven and Bailey coming in and playing at six is huge for Jake Cabrillo. That's just as good as a Brandon Wakeham inclusion. Mate, we I wish think. for it and it happened. What's going on? We did. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think I just from a, you know, just a. Watching footy point of view, Bailey looks really good. His short king game is pretty good as well. So I think that they might see some more more points in the dogs, maybe. I don't know. He hasn't really played in the halves. He yet, actually so. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I kinda like it. Yeah, he provides though. a bit of spark, which the Bulldogs have really lacked, yeah. which yeah, that's interesting. I think he'll hands on the ball a bit more. He'll actually make it a bit more interesting for the dogs, I think. He plays a little bit radically and I think that's sort of what the dogs have needed as well. They have they've had Lachlan Lewis has been the most erratic player that they've had and well Carl Flanagan and um Jake Cavarillo aren't really anything to sort of sit back and go, Oh, what you just yeah. did is amazing. I so, think uh, erratic I is know. a soft way to describe uh Lachlan Lewis. <laughs> yeah, no. Yes, <laughs> absolutely is. He's not at all erratic. So He's psychotic on the I'm field. That's more what, like it. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hoping that <laughs> <laughs> hoping that Bailey can come in and provide a bit of a spark for them. Otherwise, look, you're not really touching anyone. Uh, Josh Jackson's been grinding now for the last few weeks, so um, yeah, you're saving a lot of teams here, Josh. Yeah, clutch seventy from eighty minutes at lock last week. So yeah, look, thank you, Josh. Thank Jackson, you very much. <laughs> huge pod, and when he's playing at lock, is even better. He he scores huge when he plays eighty at lock. Um, from an edge, you know, he gets around the fifty mark, but. When he's named at lock and he starts there, he he he's got the goods. So, uh, hoping he stays in the thirteen jerseys. He's in my team, and if he's if he's not in your team, look, he's actually a, an honest to god savior Save as a pod. Yeah, so I'd pick him up if I were you. Yep, I agree. Love that uh, for the Tigers. <laughs> I think there's only really one name on everyone's lips at the moment, and that is Dewey. Yeah, he's an absolute gun, doing everything for the Tigers. Uh, he's in the points basically for every play that they have and he's always he's always he's the one that's doing most of the work for the Tigers it seems like every time they try to put something on the Tigers it goes through Dewey and every time that it, there's points scored against them he's not even in the frame like it's it's kind of 
funny that he's like just basically most of this Tigers team. <laughs> he is carrying this team, literally. His last so. four scoring games, he has, uh, what, scored 60-plus in round 16 against the Rabbitohs. He scored 65, and ever since then, he's been 70-plus. So, um, yep. yeah, he looks the goods. Definitely a big pod. He's only in 7% of teams at the moment. So, yeah, get him in. To be precise, he's in at 6.9. <laughs> nice. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look. He's probably the best at his price point, uh, 660 at the moment. He looks like he's going to be scoring 60-plus every round from here, touch wood. Absolutely. Yep, good for him. Love to see it. Yeah, I think Heartbreaking that's... Heartbreaking for Dane Laurie as well. Sorry, yeah. just wanted to get that in there as well. Poor bloke yeah. uh, breaking his leg. So. Pretty rough, but I guess Pouring he gets, gets yeah. to miss the rest of the season for the Tigers and come back stronger next year. That's the only upside. <laughs> Come back to a winning team, hopefully. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Yeah, moving on to the last game on the Sunday. Sees the Titans take on the Cowboys. So, for the Titans, Patrick Herbert returns from suspension, pushing Isan Masters back to the extended bench. Uh, winger Philip Sammy will have to wait at least another week for his comeback from his ankle injury. Tyron Peachy has taken the early plea for his dangerous contact charge and will serve one match ban, seeing Aaron Clark take his place on the interchange. David Fafita has also been named again in the second row, but most likely he is going to drop back to the bench and see if Bo Firma move into the starting team uh, probably an hour before kickoff. Uh, for the Cowboys, Valentine Holmes returns at fullback from his shoulder injury for his first game since round 16, with Jake Granville moving back to the bench. Uh, winger Kane Bradley is set to miss the remainder of the season with his fractured hand, and Ben Hampton goes from the interchange to the centres to take uh, to replace him, and Tuolangi will shift to the wing. Uh, Tom Gilbert has moved to prop, Helium Lukey has moved to the second row, and Cohen Hess has moved to lock, who were all named on the interchange last week. Francis Molo moves back to the reserves, and so does Mitch Dunn and Shane Wright, with Tamalolo shifting to the second row. Uh, Moon. What do you make of that for the Cowboys? Lots of changes. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Oh, look, I don't really care about the rest of the changes. Uh, Val coming back in is big, and Lola moving in the second row is interesting. Hope he, hopefully he plays 80, which then makes him makes it very interesting, I think. Uh, his workload increases. Uh, I, I think he'll, he can't really ship, shy away from the ball too much, Lola. I think he's never too far away from the action when he's on the field, so wouldn't be surprised if he's, you know, <laughs> in it a lot. So... No, that's good for him. Um, yeah, I just think him on an edge, it's never really played out well when he's played on an edge. Like, he's played on an edge before, um, and he really hasn't scored that well from an edge. No, I think that he, whoever the Cowboys coaches at the time seems to go, hey, let, let's try this, you know, because it hasn't been tried before, and then it lasts one week, and yep. then he's back a lot the next. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I am hopeful that he, him v either Bo Firma or Kevin Proctor is just gonna just gonna trample one of them, just because he'd like to see him a little bit of space. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to be standing in front of him. So yeah, maybe it's, uh, I don't know. it's... maybe he's in the second row this week just to counteract David Fafita coming on on the same edge just to try tackle him. Very interesting, actually, and oh yeah, I don't know. Definitely possible. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah possible but otherwise look from the cows there's not really much to talk about as has been the case all year lolo hopefully goes well val has dropped off we ever since we started talking about him he sort of went to shit a little bit so 
Yeah, yes. there's no one really from this Cowboys team. I think most people have for the run home. I think some people went low, low during the buy rounds and have held him since. But yeah, he's looking not too great and looms as a bit of a sell. Especially, yeah, uh, you I can. Think. Depending on your trades, yeah. yeah, I think that if yeah, if you have the trades, yeah, I don't mind that. If you don't, then I don't mind holding him. It's lower. He could score. He could score an eighty one week. Yeah, look could score you. a thirty. Who knows? If you have two trades at the moment, you're not trading a lot. Tamalolo out if he's playing, especially starting. Yeah, I think that's yeah, fair. Uh, for the Titans, uh, Sexton has been named again, so Jamal Fogarty is in the reserves and could be a late inclusion, but Sexton has been playing so well, I think they might give Fogarty another week. Um, yeah, he's looked the good Sexton. He's definitely not a go this week just because as soon as Fogarty's back, he will uh, drop out of the team. But he, with Ash Taylor out the end of this year, he looms as probably the the partner of Fogarty next year, we're, we're thinking. So he would be a very good option next year with the kind of scores he's been putting up. Maybe not 70s next year, but, you know, he'll, he'll be scoring quite well and still be at a decent price. So keep an eye out for him in the future. But anyone else from this Titans team outside of David Fafita, I think, is really a no-go at this point in time. Yeah, there's really not much to talk about there unless you have someone that you're eyeing off. No, keep it short and sweet. Yeah. That's it. Not much to talk about there, I think. Uh, if you've held on to Fogarty, hopefully he comes back this week, but I wouldn't put my money on it. Yeah. And that's pretty much it for the teams uh, this week, Moon. Look, let's uh, let's get straight into buy, hold, sell. Uh, who have you got for yours this week? So my buy is very general this week. I have put weapons. Just if you can bring, if you can upgrade someone like your, your Ben Hunts or your someone who's underperforming, like your Lolos, uh, all those sort of players, if you can upgrade them to someone like a, a DCE, a Payne Haas, Turbo, a Puppley, if you don't have any of them for, for whatever reason, um, then get them in. It's never a bad time. I don't think you really want to be buying someone who's... Uh, all your pods, I guess. I don't know. We've sort of talked about a few pods throughout. Dewey, if you haven't got him, don't mind that either. My hold, I've got Jaden Braley as a hold. He's going to come back next week. Again, you can sell him, and I wouldn't be mad, but I don't think he's an urgent sell, only because he's going to come straight back into this team next week and play 80. He's just out to, just for a rest, I think. Copped a head knock last week. It was pretty nasty. Don't know how he came back on. And my sell is Ben Hunt, out for four weeks. He's, yeah, you've got to, got to sell him. That's too long. That's brings back for the last round, and so there's no point really holding on to him. So, yeah, that's my yeah. buy-hold sell. Yeah, that's fair. That's a lot of cash to be holding on your bench um, for oh, yeah. the run home. Uh, buy, hold, sell. Yeah, so I think you basically hit it on the hit on the head there. The buys is just anyone that's going to be scoring big points, which is your your guns, like you mentioned, or your pods. I think the best pod out there at the moment is Dewey. If you can get him in, that's fantastic. He's going to be scoring very, very good. Uh, hold, like you said, anyone that's missing a week or two, uh, hold them. I think we're not we're in the point of the season where you're holding anyone that's missing like a week because you're just going to get them back next week. But anything longer than that, twos even, you know, getting really close, you probably want to sell them. But uh, anyone that's missing one week, definitely hold. And sell, I'm going to say Nico Hines this week is probably a sell. Even, I think Jerome Hughes is probably going to play this week just because of the the game that it is. It's a big game. So um, Hines will probably play, you know, 40 to 50 minutes at fullback, which is not enough time for him to get a good score. And the fact that he's worth 700 plus K at the moment, you probably want to use that to get a, to get a bit more cash. So definitely, uh, definitely sell him. And that brings us to captaincy options, Moon. Uh, what are you thinking? 
Yeah, geez. Uh, captains is hard this week, especially, you know, as we talked about in that storm. Storm game with three genuine captaincy options out. My captain that I have set so far this week is Nathan Cleary. Ooh. I have, yeah, I've got him starting in my halves only because I've got Matt Burton on the bench. It just works out. And I've set my vice on Payne Haas. Um, th- oh, who did we say that the Broncos playing the Knights, I think we said on the Friday, on the Thursday. Yeah, look, Payne Haas is capable of breaking a few tackles. We all know that. And I think against the Knights, uh, that's something that is a, a genuine possibility, especially late in the game. He'll come back on for that second stint and I reckon run havoc against some tired, you know, at the late, late of, either, um, of either half, he's going to run one wild, I think. So he's my my vice. So he's probably the person I really should be talking about. But I don't mind setting Nathan Cleary as a, as a captain because if he comes back and plays and gets the, you know, let's say tons up because he seems to be incapable of scoring anything less than a 90, <laughs> you're going to be kicking yourself if everyone else is captain. Or it could be a big brain play from you if not very many people do it so yeah we'll definitely put a post on instagram um talking about the captaincy options on the thursday night so keep an eye out for that to see how many people would captain cleary but i think captaining cleary is very risky you never know like especially coming back from injury he might only play half a game if that like very similar to pap he he might just you know have minimal minutes just to get back it's a a must win for them i can't see they don't have a backup half so I can't see it happening. There's no Tyron May on the bench. If he was on the bench and they came out to like a 30-point lead, then I could see them resting him. But because I've got Mitch Kenny on the bench, I, I can't see Appy moving into the halves. Yeah, but they can always you know, move wreck. around. They can move around like Burton and Luai and they can they can make space for an extra half. That's the thing. But they can make do, I guess. But yeah, it is a, it's quite a big game and they, they do need to win it against the Roosters to you know keep in the hunt at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fair enough. I'm just going to say I'm captaining Haas this week. I The last time I took it off Turbo last week and Turbo turned up this week. So I'm leaving it on Haas this week in the hopes that he turns up because apparently every time I take it off a player, they turn up. So I'm leaving it on Haas, hoping that he comes out comes up with the goods on Thursday night against the Knights. Um, right yeah. You've heard it here first, so Turbo's going to score a ton. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, that's going to be hard to do against the Storm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Three tries, three tries. It, yes. That man. Yeah. Um, anyway, pot options. I think I think it's good to talk to some pot options, considering there's five rounds to go. People need to move up the rankings as quickly as possible. Who are the Who are your big pot options to look out for for this round, if not the coming rounds, to to try to get in and move up? Yeah, we kind of talked about it as the rounds went on. So Tyson Rizal was obviously my big my big pot options. Otherwise, all the players that are that are scoring really well are very heavily owned. Even people like a Cameron Murray, who I thought was going to be kind of potty, is owned by 12.6% of people. Gutho's kind of potty at 9.1. I don't know. Maddo was actually the one that I recommended last week or so. Got a 54, so he didn't do terrible, but he's owned by 5.4% of people. Interesting prospect with the run home that the Parramatta have. So, you know, I, I still don't mind it. Josh Jackson, I guess, is probably the big pod that you know I, that you and I both own, owned yep. by four point nine, and seems to be smashing out just sort of sixties consistently for fun. It's not really going to go and score your eighties and nineties, but will smash out your sixties every week. So I don't know. They're kind of the pods that I've been going with, and consistent, yeah, yeah, that aren't as risky. There's probably there's riskier options if you start looking around the mid five hundred k, and you really want to take a gamble. All I'm saying is for the last. Uh, for the last 
five rounds, Josh Jackson has averaged 50 tackles a game and 100 metres. So, yeah. I mean, that's 60 points off the cuff, not including, you know, his um, demerits and his tackle busts and stuff like that. So, mate, I'll take that every day. Doesn't get more consistent than that, does it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, anyway, who are your pods? I, I, So, yeah, my pods, I don't mind. I, like, I'm happy with all the ones you've said. Dewey and Jackson are probably my two big ones. But the next best is Trindle, I think, at this point. The fact that you've got – he's next to Connor Tracy, who doesn't do a lot of long kicking. Um, Trindle's doing all that long kicking downfield and a lot of playmaking. And he's kicking for the team as well. So any tries they score, he's got two points there for his conversion. Um, he's looking the goods for the Sharks. And even with Boylan back in the team – Moylan doesn't do that much kicking anyway, especially with the hammies he's got. So I think uh, Trindle is looking the goods for the Sharks and looks good for a 50 every week. And at his price, you know, he's um, he's only in the, the low 400s. He's very good. So if you want to... So I, I think a good trade this week might be like a, a double trade to trade in Cleary and drop someone to a Trindle if, you, if you're kind of trading up. Does that make sense? Like if you've yeah. got Hunt and like another big player that you're trying to get, like SJ. Hunt and Tamalolo, Hunt and SJ, those kind yeah. of players, you can trade up to Cleary and trade one down to Trindle. That's a, a decent trade. I'd look at that um, because, yeah. yeah, he's very cheap for a player that's, you know, scoring 50 plus easy. He got it he, coming off the back of an 80 last week. So, yeah, looks looks the goods. Yeah, and they've got a soft run home, as we mentioned. So yeah. that's always always in his favour. Adds a bit of depth to your team if you're struggling. All the halves injuries. Halves, yeah. Jesus, yeah. dropping like flies. Um, yeah, you can't go wrong with adding another half to your team. So, you know, I don't mind that at all. Yeah, rate that. Mm. Anyway, loved having you, Moon. It's been good the <laughs> yeah. last couple of weeks. No, Burmo. It's uh, rolled out pretty yeah, quickly. Sick of his Cowboys chat. <laughs> <laughs> Spend way too. Look, this is the, probably the least amount of time we've spent on the Cowboys. Um, all year, I Yeah, reckon. all year. Absolutely. Anyway, love your work, Watch mate. Come out and win by 100. Oh, please, no. Wouldn't hear the end of it. <laughs> anyway, thanks, mate. Looking forward to another round of footy. Yeah, speak to you next week. Thanks, mate. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. Look out for our round 22 preview coming next week.